The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Frank Holland, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show is live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. here at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here is your 5 at 5. We start with stocks riding a year-end hot streak with the Dow capping off its fifth straight record close. Why our own Jim Cramer says now may be the time to take some profits. Also, failing to deliver. Shares of FedEx, they are sinking ahead of the open after the missing the mark in a very big way for earnings and for outlook. And then around the world, the Red Sea shipping risk showing no signs of easing as the U.S. and its allies, they weigh a new offensive strategy to bring order back to that region. Plus, Alibaba's chief takes matters into his own hands as the competition eats into the company's bottom line. And then later, Disney cuts the ribbon on this newest edition in Shanghai. But will it be enough to jolt frustrated investors? It is Wednesday, December the 20th, 2023. You are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. Good morning. Welcome to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Holland. Let's get you ready to start the day. As always, we kick off the hour with a check on U.S. stock futures and take a look here. Bit of a different scene than we're seeing in recent days. Futures are in the red across the board. The Nasdaq, the hardest hit you can see down here. All right, the Dow, however, yesterday, coming off its fifth record close of the year and its ninth straight winning session. You see that uptrend right there. Uh, A hat tip to CNBC market guru Robert Hum, crunching the numbers and identifying the biggest blue chip winners over the last nine trading sessions. Number one, Walgreens Boots Alliance up 21% since the win streak kicked off, followed very closely by Caterpillar and also chip maker Intel. The S&P, for its part, now just about 1% from its own all-time high, currently sitting at its highest level since January of 2022. We also want to check the bond market this morning. As always, look at the yield on the benchmark 10-year. Right now at about 3.88, a couple of basis points lower than we saw yesterday. Also, energy, specifically oil. We start with WTI, the U.S. benchmark. Right now trading at 74.83 a barrel, up over 1%. Brent crude, similar story, trading at 80 and 7 cents a barrel right now. Okay. But this morning, it's all about a big earnings mover. It's all about FedEx. Shares selling off in the pre-market after the company lowered its revenue forecast on weak demand. FedEx now expects a low single-digit sales decline for the fiscal year, down from its previous forecast of flat sales year over year. This is the second straight quarter. FedEx has lowered its outlook. Its express unit, where it gets about half of revenue, was hit especially hard with lower demand, shifting customer preferences, and margin falling well below expectations. We're going to have much more on this story and that stock throughout the hour. But now we're going to get back to the broader markets. Investors are breaking out the eggnog just a few days early, sending stocks higher as they cheer the odds of the Fed cutting rates next year and an economy that just keeps chugging along. As we mentioned, the Dow notching its fifth straight record close. The last time the index had a record streak this long was over a five-day period in August of 2021. The S&P now less than 1% away from its record close set in January of last year. And while you may want to ride this Santa rally and FOMO trade as long as you can, Mad Money's own Jim Cramer says now may be a good time to take a few profits. 
If you've got a huge gain, I'm begging you to take off something. Just take it off the table a little bit, even as nobody wants to sell in this market because it's so hot. As for me, though, I'm not willing to watch my winners turn into losers. And you don't need to go all the way back to the dot-com era to see what happens when you don't sell. The same darn thing happened at the end of 2021, for heaven's sake. All right, that's from our own Jim Cramer. Let's get some reaction to that now with Greg Sarian, founder and CEO of 213 Strategic Partners at Hightower. Greg, good morning. It is really great to have you here. Good morning, Frank. Thank you for having me back. All right. So Jim Cramer is telling us now may be the time to take some profits. I actually want to reference one of our big money movers this morning, of course, FedEx. Before yesterday's report, the stock had moved more than 60 percent higher. After that report, is that the kind of stock that you think that investors should possibly consider taking some profits on? For sure. I think now is a good time to reassess the portfolio, Frank. But we're more encouraging clients to think about raising cash if there's a liquidity need in 2024. Market's been red hot. We're encouraging clients after January 2nd, if you have an outflow for tuition, for a down payment for a home, a major tax payment, do that after January 2nd when these markets are high and rebalance the portfolio. Yes, I think most clients have been overweighted now in equities given the run-up of the last six to eight weeks. So now is the time to reassess your liquidity needs rebalance to those areas that have been out of favor. So, Greg, I want to ask you about this. We're getting more and more dovish talk from Fed officials. Uh, Just yesterday, we had Goldman on forecasting five quarter point rate cuts next year. Wouldn't that set us up for a rally? And at the same time, you're telling your clients, excuse me, to take their money out of the market. This just seems counterintuitive. No, not take money out of the market, but thoughtfully rebalance the portfolio. Uh, Our view is that the market may be a little ahead of itself, Frank, just given the the run of the last six weeks approaching these record highs you mentioned. And so what we're suggesting is uh, to go back and look at what areas have been out of favor. I think the market is is the Fed likely is going to be higher for longer. If you look at what the Fed officials have been saying, the market may be too optimistic about rate cuts. Uh, given what the what the Fed's saying, that rates are going to be higher for longer. So our view would be we expect a more choppy, volatile market next year. For sure, no major meltdowns, but I think we're in a sideways market that is looking for a catalyst for that next leg of growth. So give us a sense. You agree with Kramer. Now's the time to take profits, but you're saying you don't want to take the money out of the market. So when you take the profits, what do you do with that cash? For sure. So I think there are some areas that that investors should be looking at. Uh, much has been spoken on this network and others about equal weight and d- dividend value stocks. And, and we think that makes sense. But there's also areas where we're looking opportunistically, biotech and healthcare. The M&A environment was so chilled last year, no IPOs, no M&A activity. And we think those valuations are attractive. Large pharma has huge patent cliffs and the overage population of overage 80 is gonna triple in the next 25 years. So we think there's real value uh, in, in life sciences and healthcare. We're playing that through the Eventide Healthcare and Life Sciences Fund. We also really like uh, the the international markets right now, Frank. We think right. that, that given the wars overseas, they've grinded higher. And if the Fed does in fact hold or cut, we think that bodes well for the dollar weakening, which should support foreign equities outperforming our own over the next 12 to 18 months. All right, Greg Sarian says, now's the time to to review and rebalance, but proceed with caution. Greg, great to see you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Frank. All right, time now for a check of some of this morning's top corporate stories. Our Silvana Hanau is here with those. Silvana, good morning. Hey, Frank, good morning to you. Well, new developments in Alibaba's C-suite shakeup. All right, the company announcing CEO Eddie Wu is taking over as head of its e-commerce business 
replacing co-founder Trudy Dai, who will assist in creating an asset management firm. Alibaba's stock is down sharply in recent weeks. Onscrap plans to spin off its cloud business in the U.S. and rising competition from names like Pinduoduo. The company has been in the midst of a massive restructuring plan since March, which includes divesting the business into six standalone units. Meanwhile, the IRS says it will waive penalty fees for people who fail to pay back taxes of less than $100,000 in 2020 and 2021. Starting next week, nearly 5 million people, businesses and tax-exempt organizations will be eligible for the waiver, totaling around $1 billion in exempt fees. The IRS citing its suspension of automated reminders to pay overdue tax bills during the pandemic as the reason for the waiver, though adding the policy is meant as a one-time relief. And the White House is putting its support behind Tesla. SAE International, formerly known as the Society of Automotive Engineers, confirming Tesla's North American charging standard connector for industry-wide use, allowing any vehicle or equipment maker to use, manufacture, or deploy the connector. This as the Biden administration pushes to standardize charging plugs for all electric vehicles in the U.S. in an effort to boost Tesla sales and combat climate change, Frank. All right, Sabana, thank you very much. All right, a lot more to come here on Worldwide Exchange, including the one word that investors have to know today. But first, the Red Sea shipping risk continues to be a major issue for the global supply chain. We lay out the numbers and the cost impact to shippers and eventually consumers. Plus, we are keeping an eye on FedEx and why Bank of America is keeping its buy rating on the stock as it's selling off. And then later, we step foot into Shanghai Disneyland's brand new Zootopia Land. And who else to welcome us but our own Eunice Yoon. Eunice, having a good time out there? Frank, I am not the only one. There's a whole cast of Zootopia characters welcoming visitors to this China-exclusive attraction. More in just a moment. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. U.S. futures in the red across the board. The Nasdaq, the hardest hit down more than a quarter of a percent. Let's now see how Europe is shaping up as this trading day gets underway. Our Germana Bersetti is live in our London newsroom with much more on the early action. Germana, good morning. 
Good morning, Frank. Well, it's a bit of an underwhelming start for European indices today. Most of these indices are trading underwater uh, below the flatline, with one exception, that is the FTSE 100 over here in the UK, up seven tenths of a percent. The catalyst being a very surprising downside print to those inflation numbers for the month of November, coming at 3.9% for the headline versus expectations of 4.4%. Core CPI coming in at 5.1% again versus 5.6% expectations. So this has fueled further expectations of rate cuts into 2024. The market is now pricing in about 120 basis points worth of cuts out of the Bank of England next year. And this has been positive for any interest rate sensitive sector. On the flip side, we've got the ZJDAX trading around the flat line. Here we had PPI. So the wholesale numbers again come in weak down 0.5% month on month, slightly below the forecast of minus 0.3%. We're also seeing some underperformance out of Deutsche Post today, down 2% following on from FedEx results, the weak results we had out of FedEx yesterday. And a very quick look at sectors. This is how leadership is split. So on the flip side, we've got on the top side, we've got telcos up 1%. Some news uh, around Telefonica in Spain. The Spanish government is set to increase their stake in the company. Chavon Leisure up 3 tenths. And on the flip side, we've got tech down 4 tenths. And then basic resources also struggling this morning. Frank. All right, Germana, thank you very much. Our Germana Brissetti, live in our London newsroom. We're going to turn our attention back to a developing story and the ongoing threat facing shipping in the Red Sea, a key channel accounting for about 12% of global trade. The U.S. and its allies are reportedly considering a strategy shift from defense to offense. That would include military strikes against Houthi rebels inside Yemen as a way to cripple their ability to target commercial ships in the region. This is a growing number of companies continue just to avoid the area, adding millions of dollars in cost to already long voyages from Asia to Western ports. Joining me now with much more is FreightWave CEO Craig Fuller, a leading provider of global supply chain market intelligence. Craig, good morning. It's really great to have you here. Uh, Frank, great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So as we just mentioned, uh, the Red Sea shipping lane accounts for about 12 percent of the world's shipping traffic. So far, about 35 billion in cargo diverted. Give us a sense, give us perspective on a global sense and also a U.S. sense. How big of a deal is this? Yeah, I mean, it's a much bigger deal if you're in Europe because you're far more dependent upon that that lane for traffic. But globally, this is a significant uh, development. And I think what is most concerning is that, you know, commercial shipping has largely been um, very a very safe mode of traffic. It's been a very dependable mode of traffic. Uh, in terms of, of global container moves. And now we're in uh, a whole new generation, potentially, of geopolitical conflict where supply chains are the front lines. And uh, this, if it continues to exacerbate, it will create uh, significant disruptions. And I think what it also does is it changes the way supply chain professionals think about uh, sourcing products from places like China, India, right. Malaysia, et cetera. So it, it potentially will have long-term impacts, and it's probably more significantly over the long term in terms of how, how companies think about their supply chains than it is okay. uh, just short term. Yeah, and third major disruption uh, when the global supply chain in the last couple of years, I and mean, we had the, the U.S.-China trade war, we of course had the pandemic, and now this. Um, the CEO of Maris was on CNBC yesterday on Money Movers saying consumer prices and availability of goods would be impacted in Europe first. When do you see a, a substantial impact possibly come into the U.S.? You know, it's, it's going to be less of a factor for the United States, um, simply because we are not as dependent upon that, those trade channels uh, as is Europe. So we, we have the majority of our, our trade flows are from 
China to the United States to really to the West Coast. And so uh, from the perspective of, of being impacted, it will have an impact, but not as significant as Europe. I think even more concerning is that this will change the way supply chain professionals think about sourcing right. long term, and they will consider uh, moving uh, production back to North America simply because it doesn't have the geopolitical uh, issues that you you face. Yeah, nearshoring obviously a big trend. Uh, by the way, we're showing the audience the chart of Maersk just now. Shares up double digits over the last week. You often hear that mystery equals margin when it comes to supply chain and logistics. Give us a sense for investors. What does this all mean? Are there certain companies that you see benefiting from this, which you call a long-term supply chain shift? And in the short term, how should investors look at all this? Yeah, global container shipping companies are, are looking for a catalyst, and maybe this is an unfortunate catalyst, but are looking for a catalyst to really drive pricing. They have been facing, really for the last 18 months, significant pricing pressure that uh, because of an overcapacity, and there's an oversupply of container ships that are currently on the market, but are also coming on the market. So they've been looking for a catalyst to drive higher pricing. This is uh, an unfortunate uh, a catalyst, but it's one that they will benefit from because now they are able to have a risk premium in it, as well as a reduction in available capacity right. associated with, uh, you know, just think about the amount of time it takes to go around uh, South Africa uh, compared to going yeah. right through the Suez. So, so it's, a, it's a very different sort of uh, trade calculation. It takes a lot right. of available capacity off the market. That adds a lot really to the voyage, makes the trip longer, more expensive. Before we let you go very quickly, I just want to get you to take on FedEx's results, do you believe that's a read on the global economy, or is this simply a FedEx problem? Yeah, look, I think FedEx is a barometer of global activity, um, particularly when you look at consumer and e-commerce is really where uh, FedEx is, is really uh, sort of demonstrates what is happening on a global basis. Uh, but we're seeing a you know a very challenging freight market overall. Uh, FedEx is not exclusive to that. Um, companies generally are. We're in a post-COVID cycle. There's been too much capacity out there, uh, and uh, you know, global on a global basis, uh, the logistics market in terms of, of goods consumption uh, and and shipping is has been challenged. Okay, FedEx shares down more than nine and a half percent. Craig Fuller, CEO of FreightWaves, always great to see you. Thank you for your time and for your insight. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. All right, coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, a landmark state Supreme Court ruling against former President Donald Trump as his White House hopes and his White House hopes for 2024. Much more on that story coming up. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Life's a little bit messy. All make mistakes. No matter what type of animal you are, change starts with you. All right, welcome back. The Disney Zootopia movie may have premiered all the way back in 2016, but apparently it's had a bit of staying power in one of the company's most lucrative theme park markets, China. And today, Disney is doing something about it. Our Eunice Yoon joins me now from the new Zootopia Land in Shanghai Disneyland. Come on, Eunice. Did you get us any T-shirts? Are you having a good time? Give us a sense of what's going on there. I haven't bought you any T-shirts, but I might have bought 
some other people some t-shirts, such as myself. Um, but uh, yeah, people here are really going crazy about Zootopia Land. They've been dressing up as the characters, which Disney says, um, the characters from the movie, which Disney says um, is the highest grossing imported animated feature for China. Uh, this is uh, um, only the only Zootopia land in the world. It's a China-specific attraction. And when talking to people uh, here, uh, they have been telling us that that is part of the draw. It really is the appeal. This is the second expansion for the park. And just to highlight how important it is to the company, the top brass has, has come out here. Our CEO, Bob Iger, was at the grand um, ceremony and also the park's chief, uh, Josh Damaro. Now, uh, Josh Damaro had said that uh, this park is on track to uh, close in on a record. He said uh, 13 million visitors um, have come here so far for this year. Uh, he also said that as part of the company's $60 billion 10-year plan for the parks, uh, Disney intends to open a third hotel here. Now, I also asked tomorrow about the geopolitical situation because um, uh, what we're seeing here is that Disney is sort of bucking the trend of the uh, souring um, environment among American business. Uh, so I asked him about this U.S.-China uh, uh, tension and opening up the park in that kind of environment. And he said that the company is just focused on the business. And, Frank, I have to say that just talking to a lot of the people here, you know, uh, they love the details. A lot of the visitors have said that they're spending as much as $430 just today. Uh, a lot of that on more than just T-shirts, a lot of merch. And I think it really uh, says something about the geopolitics and that despite the fact that we have these trade relations between the U.S. and China, that a lot of average Chinese do like American companies and what they have to offer. All right. Well, speaking of American companies, I think a question right now is, does the opening of this Zootopia land at Shanghai Disney, does it move the needle for investors? You mentioned Bob Iger had been there and also people are spending money, but what does it mean for the stock? Well, I thought, I thought what's interesting here is that the consumer trends that we're seeing, because um, I think that what we're seeing with this park is that it's, it really is representative of the overarching consumer trends. Uh, despite the fact that consumption has been lower, we haven't seen consumer downgrades, um, this a park is benefiting because uh, people still want experiences. Uh, there's a, a lot of tr extra travel uh, that we're seeing uh, because of the, the constraints on um, travel before because of the pandemic. Also, some of this is lifestyle. People are going out there not only to theme parks, but also uh, taking more city walks, going to domestic tourist spots. And, and Disney is benefiting in that in that uh, um, respect. Absolutely. You know, Eunice, I wouldn't mind benefiting. I can just email you my sizes or like some things <laughs> I'm looking at. I mean, I know you got some T-shirts. Mm. I, you know what? Silence is golden on this there one. There might be some limits on some of the merch, and I might have already <laughs> gone a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Unishun, great no. reporting as always. I hope you have a great time, and you actually get to enjoy a little bit of it. All right, time now for a check on some of this morning's other headlines outside the world of business. NBC's Jessica Layton's in New York with the very latest. Good morning. 
Hey, Frank, good morning. And we begin with Tuesday's bombshell decision by the Colorado Supreme Court. The panel ruled that former President Donald Trump is disqualified from holding office again. The justices cited the 14th Amendment, finding that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection for his role in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Well, the Trump campaign has signaled that they will appeal the decision now to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Senate confirmed the last of the service members whose appointments had been held up by Alabama Republican Tommy Tuberville. The senator, you may remember, had been blocking votes on the nomination since February in protest of the Pentagon's policies on abortion for service members. Tuberville faced bipartisan backlash for his actions and dropped his hold on more than 400 military nominees earlier this month. And Aaron Rodgers is playing it safe for the rest of the NFL season. On ESPN Tuesday, the New York Jets quarterback indicated that despite a quick recovery from his Achilles injury, he likely won't take the field for the last three games of the season. Rodgers cited his own health for the decision, as well as the Jets getting eliminated from playoff contention this past weekend, which we know, Frank, is not a problem for your beloved Eagles. They're doing very well. You know, you're doing a lot of sports news lately. I guess it just it just runs in the family. Jessica, <laughs> yes. great to see you. All right, coming up here at Worldwide Exchange, a new study looks at accident rates by car brand. Where does your car rank? We're going to tell you that and much more coming up. Stay with us. It is right around 5.30 a.m. in the New York City area, and there's a lot more ahead here on Worldwide Exchange. Here's what's still on deck. Stocks riding a year in hot streak. The Dow capping off its fifth straight record close. Why Mega Bowl? Ed Yardeni says the Santa Rally is just heating up for the new year. Also, failing to deliver. Shares of FedEx, they are sinking ahead of the open after missing the mark in a very big way for earnings and for outlook, what that could mean for the broader U.S. economy. And sticking with transports, it's today's 2024 playbook as Bank of America lays out its top ideas for the sector in the year ahead. It's Wednesday, December the 20th, 2023. You are watching Worldwide Exchange right here on CNBC. And welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. I'm Frank Collins. Get you ready to start your day. As always, we pick up half an hour with a check on U.S. stock features. Take a look. Bit of a different scene that we've been seeing in recent days in the red across the board. The Nasdaq, the hardest hit down more than a quarter of a percent. Looks like the Dow would open 28 to almost 30 points lower, at least right now. But keep in mind, the Dow's coming off its fifth record close of the year. And it's ninth straight winning session. You see the rally since December 6th right here. Big moves to the upside. I had tipped to CNBC market guru Robert Hump, crunching the numbers and identifying the biggest blue chip winners over the last nine trading sessions. Number one on the list, Walgreens Boots Alliance, up 21% since the win streak kicked off, followed very closely, you see them right here on the chart, by Caterpillar and chipmaker Intel. All right, turning to the S&P. For its part, now just about 1% from its own all-time high, currently sitting at its highest level since January of 2022. Again, you see the big, sharp upside moves from the beginning of December. And of course, we got to take a look at bond yields this morning. We always begin with the benchmark 10-year. Right now at 3.89, just ticking up one basis point from just about a half an hour ago. Remember, this is about 30 basis points lower than it was a week ago. Similar moves for the two-year as well. All right, that's your morning money setup. Now let's get a check on some of this morning's top corporate stories. Our Silvana Hanau is here with those. Silvana, good morning. 
Hey, Frank, good morning. Well, Southwest Airlines strikes a tentative contract deal with its pilots after more than three years of talks. Now, it is the last of the four major U.S. airlines to reach an agreement with the pilots unit. And terms haven't been disclosed, but pilots at American, United and Delta have won raises of about 40 percent. The union's board says they'll review the deal before presenting it to their roughly 11,000 members. The agreement comes weeks after flight attendants rejected a tentative contract following five years of talks. Bird Global, that's the electric scooter rental company, has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Bird has a deal to sell some assets to its existing lenders. The company was founded by a former Uber executive in 2017, and it went public in 2021 through a SPAC merger and was once valued at $2.5 billion. But shares lost more than 90% of their value six months after going public. And Tesla drivers are the most accident-prone. That's according to a study by LendingTree that finds they're involved in more accidents than drivers of any other major brand, about 23 per 1,000 drivers. Ram and Subaru are the only other brands with more than 20 accidents per 1,000 drivers. The study didn't analyze reasons for a crash, but it comes as Tesla is recalling more than 2 million cars over a safety issue related to its autopilot software. And Frank, want to know what the most DUIs? That would be BMW drivers. Really? That, yeah. that, that's an interesting stat. You know, we have a lot of Tesla drivers here at CNBC. Um, a lot we of do. them like to drive fast. I'm not going to name any names, Silvana. A lot of them like to drive fast in the morning time. We're wondering I, I don't know. Work. I don't know who it is. Me though. either. <laughs> Silvana now, thank you very much. You got it. All right, turn our attention back to this morning's big money mover. That is FedEx. Shares under pressure this morning after the company lowered its revenue forecast, calling for a low single-digit decline for the fiscal year. This is the second straight quarter. FedEx has lowered its outlook. The company also posting weaker-than-expected second-quarter results due to lower demand in its express unit as customers shift to cheaper services. Still, CEO Raj Dubaminian remaining optimistic in his outlook for FedEx's business transformation, including better operating income thanks to ongoing cost-cutting efforts. Let's discuss this further with Ken Huckster, Senior Transportation Analyst at B of A Securities. Ken, you are here in the house. Great to have you here. Great. Good morning. Thanks, Frank. All right. So as we mentioned, FedEx shares under pressure. Last time I checked, down more than 9%. After what you saw from this report yesterday, did it change your rating or your price target for the company? What was your overall take? So we lowered our price target uh, this morning, and it mostly relates to the outlook for earnings. It's coming in in the midpoint of earnings. I think the consensus and and our expectation was that they would have upside and beat expectations based on the cost-cutting program. And what happened is, as you mentioned, they lowered their revenue outlook, and I think that's really key. A lot less volumes are flowing through the system. All right, so I'm looking at you just put out a new note this morning, actually. Uh, Previous price target was 334. You lowered it down to 313. You still seem to be fairly bullish on the stock. That's a 20% upside. Um, big rally in the stock this year. What's the catalyst to keep that rally going in your mind? Well, I think that's key. Right? The rally is due to the concept of this drive savings, right? They've built in $4 billion of savings, almost $2 billion this year alone. That's the key, right? It, without that, you'd see what's going on at UPS is this huge impact of less volume and, and the negative leverage you get from that. So they had a billion of profits last year. They would have lost about a billion eight based on, on, on these uh, impacts post-COVID and less volumes. And so with the drive program, you get a billion eight. So you're getting about a billion of profits this year, flat with last year, but you would have had a lot more leverage with these cost cuttings going in. All right, as we said, Express was under pressure, uh, missed margin estimates by a lot. Um, but the lower in the revenue guidance, that was interesting. A lot of people thought they were actually going to beat on EPS and raise. 
Were you a bit surprised by the lowered revenue guidance, especially when a lot of people think they gained business from UPS during the Teamster negotiation and from the closure of, closure of Yellow? Well, they, they, the yellow is, is definitely true on the freight side. We yeah. can see that on the on the express side and ground, really, a ground is where they kept the, the volumes from, from uh, UPS. And you did see that flow through. Margins were great at, at ground. Uh, but really, the, the key is that express, as, as you're talking about, and that the negative leverage from having lower volumes, but yet still flying a network, flying your planes and keeping a network running, that's the negative network leverage that's flowing through. Right. And that's really been the big overhang for FedEx. And that's the disappointment, really, in coming to their midpoint of their range, versus beating expectations that, that the street was expecting. All right, so again, FedEx shares under pressure. We want to broaden this out just a bit, Ken. Stick with us here. Uh, we're going to look at the transport stock playbook for 2024. Deutsche Bank is forecasting 11% earnings growth in 2024 for a number of transport companies, including UPS, Union Pacific, CH Robinson, and most of the other major carriers. This following a 20% earnings contraction in 2023, a year marked by a freight recession and the historic bankruptcy of Yellow. Companies like FedEx, XPO, and SIA that operate in that same less-than-truckload space as Yellow seeing some big stock moves in part due to customer gains. We were just talking about it. FedEx also gained customers during the UPS Teamster negotiations. A big question for 2024. Will the supply chain finally normalize? And what will that mean for rates, especially in trucking? Trucking offers the closest thing to a real-time look at demand. Those rates have rebounded across the board, with industrial and food and beverage trucking actually higher year-over-year. City out with a new note last week, naming rails as their top pick for transports in 2024. This year, overall traffic is down 3%. Container shipping on rails is actually down 6%. But City's forecasting an upside of mid-single-digit volume growth and double-digit EPS growth. Ken, we just kind of broke down some of the key parts of the supply chain. We were talking shipping earlier. What's your take on uh, some of the, the views of some of your colleagues in the transport space? Well, there's no doubt that uh, when we look at the top pick, you know, Union Pacific and, and what Jim Vanna, the new CEO, is doing there in terms of revamping and, and cost cutting. So you look at idiosyncratic opportunities. Last time you and I chatted, we talked about this elongated freight recession. And, and uh, our truck shipper survey that we do every two weeks tells us that we're still at a very muted demand environment, even with the activity we've seen lately. And so without breaking out yet, uh, we're still looking for that cost cutting. So Union Pacific is kind of the focus that we've been highlighting uh, with Jim Vena. When you and, and I think you just mentioned the rails. So really act, active on the rail side. When you think about then starting to get growth, if we start to see that inflection, we've highlighted truckers like Knight and and uh, um, JB Hunt on the intermodal side, right? Seeing that they're usually the first movers of that. And then as we move in, we've highlighted within the LTL sector, as you mentioned, companies like XPO, SIA, Old Dominion, where you still get this lag benefit from that yellow bankruptcy. That's going to flow through. So really see, again, the rails, very good activity. You're starting to see so, volumes. So you agree. That's, like, that's going to see the biggest upside uh, in 2024, the rails. Well, the, the, again, that one is uh, talking about Union Pacific specifically because of what Jim is doing on the cost cutting. So you don't need the growth. If you get the growth, then you get all the other leverage that you're talking about to get the volume. So we need the volume to flow through. Up front, we focus on the ones with the cost cutting. So you mentioned intermodal. That's container shipping. That's generally how the majority of consumer goods get into the U.S. when they either come from Asia or even actually now from Mexico, as we see nearshoring ramping up. Um, when we look at that, isn't that heavily levered to consumer demand and consumer spending? So what's your outlook on, I guess it's a proxy for consumer spending, what's your outlook on that container shipping? Well, like you said, there's been a lot of congestion that we had to deal with back in 21 and 22. That has freed up. Uh, but the rail service was so bad, so they lost volumes naturally to the truckers. You're seeing that service greatly improve, and so you're seeing an, an improvement there, winning back volume off the trucks. So that's part of domestic intermodal. 
International intermodal is still slow. We're starting to see that flow back from Asia. As you mentioned this morning, given what's going on in shipping lanes, you're going to see longer shipping routes. That might move some stuff back to the West Coast from right. the East Coast that had happened into the strike this year or, or uh, contract renegotiations. And so you might see the West Coast picking up some of that intermodal, and that's right. good for long-haul intermodal. So we just showed the rebound in trucking rates. Trucking is generally about 75% of at least the U.S. supply chain. So just yes or no, are we out of the freight recession or still in it? We're, we're in an elongated one. We're, we're hopefully coming out of it into 24, but still in this, in this muted period. And that's what you see with FedEx results, and that's why revenues and volumes were down. All right, Connector of B of A, great to have you here. Thank Always. you so much. Always for your time and for your insight when it comes to transport. Thank you very much. All right, we're going to turn our attention now over to tech with the sector trading in record territory thanks to the rally in the magnificent seven stocks, which are, of course, about one-third of the S&P's entire market cap. But with AI being the buzzword of 2023 and likely of 2024, will the massive investment cost end up paying off for investors? Our own Steve Kovac joins me now with much more. Steve, good morning. Hey, good morning, Frank. Yeah, so we surveyed members of the CNBC Tech Executive Council on their split spending plans in IT and more on AI. And the results, this comes from council members made up of CTOs, CIOs, and tech CEOs. Well, they're looking to accelerate their spending in artificial intelligence. Let's break down the numbers of what we learned. More than half of them, 59%, say their companies are accelerating investments in AI capabilities. Everyone else, they're still evaluating their AI spending, but being more cautious about it. But look, no one, 0%, is ignoring AI altogether. Another interesting bit out of this survey, 41% say they plan to spend the most capital on AI over the next 12 months. Only 9% said the most would go to cybersecurity. I found that a little surprising because, you know, in the light of the slew of hacking reports we've been getting recently and likely more to come with those new SEC rules. So where does that spending go? We asked these members about enterprise-level AI. Those are the chatbots being sold by companies like Microsoft and Salesforce. More than half of them, 55%, said they plan to purchase enterprise AI software and soon, within the next six months. That's really good news for Microsoft and its pricey co-pilot for Office apps. And soon others, like Google Workspace, could benefit as well, Frank. You know, Steve, I actually was a little bit surprised by that last number, that 55% plan to buy enterprise AI software in the next year. I thought every company was just moving towards AI to, uh, you know, increase efficiency and optimize their operations. Yeah, and I've been talking a lot to uh, decision makers uh, over the last several months uh, who, you know, CTOs and the like, who would be buying this software from, from Microsoft. And one of the concerns they bring up is, you know, they kind of want to see how it works in the real world first before kind of making that big investment. Keep in mind, Frank, it is expensive. It's $30 per seat per month. That is a huge investment. And, you know, Microsoft hasn't really proven yet. They've made promises that it will increase productivity. So one thing, they want to see how it works. The other thing, they're still concerned about data security, despite the fact Microsoft guarantees, you know, it's all stuck in this container. It's encrypted and so on and so forth. You can't uh, share any data that you normally wouldn't share with Microsoft, but still a little caution with this new technology. So there are a lot of factors at play here, but the fact that so many of them are planning to spend within the next six months, that's all Microsoft. There's really not too many other competitors out there, and Microsoft has such a strong foothold in enterprise software, Frank. Our Steve Kovac, live at the NASDAQ. Steve, thank you very much. Thanks. All right, coming up here on Worldwide Exchange, if the 2020 election disinformation war was fought on social media, Google is betting 2024 will be fought in AI. There's a first time for everything, even in space. NASA 
Streaming HD video from 18.6 million miles away or roughly 80 times the distance from the Earth to the moon, the first time on record. Subject of the video, an employee's cat named Taters. Weekend road trips, they may be getting an upgrade. New York lawmakers introducing a new bill that could force Chick-fil-A at rest stops along the Interstate 90 to be open on Sundays. The chain's been closed on Sundays since its inception for employees to worship or to rest. And Tesla's Cybertruck could be considered a work of art, at least to some people. Italian design legend Giorgetto Giaguari calling the truck a masterpiece in the Picasso of automobiles and says he expects the truck to be hugely successful for those who want to stand out. He rose to fame in the 80s for his work on the Back to the Future films. Stay with us. Much more Worldwide Exchange coming up after this. All right, welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Time now for your morning call sheet. We'll begin with Stiefel, downgrading several home improvement names, including Lowe's from buy to hold. It's now estimating same-store sales will be flat next year, pressuring operating margins. Stiefel says conditions for sales of appliances will, will remain challenging, and Lowe's is overexposed to this category. Shares of Lowe's down 1.5% right now. Wells Fargo is naming CrowdStrike one of its top software picks for 2024. It says the firm has several new growth drivers, including a partnership with Dell and its Charlotte AI should contribute to revenue next year. Those shares are up fractionally right now, basically flat. And Wells is also upgrading Paramount Global to equal from underweight, raising its price target to $18. Wells believes the probability of an M&A event in 2024 will bring in new ways to unlock value. Shares of Paramount Global up just about 1.5%. Time now for your global briefing. Alibaba CEO Eddie Wu reshuffling co company leadership once again, taking over its e-commerce business as it loses market share to PDD Holdings and ByteDance. Wu will replace co-founder Trudy Day, who will work on creating a new asset management firm after pushing out Daniel Zhang from Alibaba's cloud unit last November. UK inflation falling to 3.9% in November, more than the 44 expected and marking the lowest annual reading since December of 2021. Transportation, recreation, and culture, as well as food and non-alcoholic beverages, all contributing to that decline. This is the Bank of England keeps rates at 15-year highs, saying policy likely, likely needs to be restrictive for an extended period of time. And Shanghai Disney opening a Zootopia-themed attraction this morning as it looks to capitalize on the post-pandemic surge in travel and experiences in China Zootopia, a movie released back in Chinese theaters in 2016, remains one of the highest-growing imported animated films ever in that country. The attraction is Disney's first Zootopia-themed site, an eight-themed area, uh, area at the Shanghai Resort. Yunus Yun hopefully buying the whole team some T-shirts. We'll see. All right, ahead, the one word that every investor needs to know today. Plus, forget 12 days of Christmas. How about 12 reasons for stocks to rally in 2024? Megabull, Edgar Denny, he's here with his Wall Street Advent calendar. And if you haven't already, follow our podcast. If you miss Worldwide Exchange, check us out on Apple, Spotify, or other podcast apps. Much more WEX coming up after this. Welcome back to Worldwide Exchange. Time now for your WEX wrap-up. We begin with CNBC parent company NBC Universal reportedly considering creating a theme park in the UK to compete with Disney World. The Wall Street Journal says NBC has bought a 480-acre plot of land in England and is in the early stages of testing the logistics of a theme park and resort at that site. CRISPR announcing Chief Medical Officer Fuang Khan Morrow is resigning effective January the 26th for reasons not related to any disagreement with the company. Morrow, who was appointed CMO last May after serving as, serving as VP at Amgen. Alphabet says it will restrict the types of election-related questions as chatbot Bard and generative AI experience can answer. 
The restrictions will be enforced as by early next year as Alphabet focuses on the role AI plays in voting decisions. The IRS says it will waive penalty fees for people who fail to pay back taxes of less than $100,000 in 2020 and 2021. That's nearly 5 million people. Businesses and tax-exempt organizations who will be eligible for the waiver starting next week, it totals right around $1 billion in exempt fees. And Tesla reportedly opting to not offer its employees yearly merit-based stock awards in a widespread company move. Workers were still given cost of living increases based on base salaries, with some employees receiving stock refreshers to keep total compensation competitive. And one of our big money movers this morning shares of FedEx under pressure after the company missed second quarter earnings estimates and lowered its full year revenue forecast as lower demand and surcharges weigh on their express business. Shares of FedEx down about 10 percent right now. Optimism on Wall Street showing no signs of slowing down as investors. They really cheer on the potential for a Santa Claus rally. And it's not just this year. Next year could be poised for even more gains with a number of strategists calling for the S&P 500 to break above 5,000 and beyond. That includes our next guest, who currently has the highest target on the street. Joining me now, Ed Yardeni, founder of Yardeni Research. Ed, good morning. It is really great to good have morning. you here. Thank you. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Your S&P target for next year, the most bullish on the street. What are you seeing that maybe some other people aren't seeing? What's the catalyst for this big rise? Well, I've been seeing a resilient economy really since early last year. Uh, early last year, I, I agreed with uh, the concerns that we, uh, we we might be in a recession, but I said it was a rolling recession hitting different industries at different times. And I think that's played out pretty well over the past couple of years. I'm seeing rolling uh, recoveries uh, as we go into next year. Housing certainly looks like it's bottomed. Uh, we had a very strong number for housing starts Yesterday, I think retailing is bottoming. I think that the commercial real estate uh, recession is still ahead of us, but it's probably going to stay fairly well contained, particularly in old office buildings. Uh, consumer is really the key here. The consumer has been remarkably resilient. Mm -hmm. been a lot of people saying that they're going to run out of excess savings accumulated during the pandemic. But I'm looking at the labor market, and there's pl still plenty of job openings and wages are actually rising faster than prices. So those yeah. are just some of the things that I'm seeing. Yeah, consumer just continues to spend, Ed. So we, we've covered, you're very bullish on 2024, but give us a sense as we see futures under a bit of pressure this morning, partly, I would think, due to, to FedEx's results FedEx, uh, yeah. and, and the view of the global economy. What is your WEX word of the day? Well, uh, Mary, you know, it's uh, we've got uh, a Merry Christmas ahead of us. And uh I, th I think the Santa Claus rally actually started on October 27th. That's when we bottomed from the correction we had since uh, July 31st. So uh, I'm feeling pretty merry about the markets, and the markets are uh, certainly showing that investors are ad adopting the same attitude. Right. So you see a Santa Claus rally coming. What, what leads this Santa Claus rally that you're expecting to start next week? Well, um, again, I, I think it's already started. I think it's 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 come ahead of schedule, and I think the market anticipated that uh, uh, Fed Chair Powell would be uh, Santa and not the Grinch, and so far that's played out. But I think the leadership will continue to be in technology. But I think the market's really broadening out to financials, industrials um, would be the areas that I'd be Got looking it. at. Uh, Nasdaq under pressure in the pre-market, hardest hit, down about a quarter of a percent. Your pick for us, one of them, are the triple Qs. Give us a sense. Uh, wasn't that the, the, the trade everybody piled into? Why are you still bullish on this trade? Well, 
it it is uh, a crowded trade. I'll 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 grant you that, and uh, everybody has been buying technology stocks, but right. they've been buying basically eight stocks, and I think the uh, technology trade is going to broaden. There we go, Ed. We got to leave it there. It's really great to see you. Thank you for coming on the show, and we're going to have to. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, we're going to kick things uh, kick things off over to Squawk Box. Thank you for watching. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.